Welcome, everybody. It's a Saturday morning, so it's going to be a Hush Tones podcast for the filibuster freestyle. It is your buddy, Gavin. We're still rolling here, everybody. Um, got a few things to get to today, and we're not going to be the first on this, but we're going to try to do it in our own way. If you're watching House of Dragons, a lot of, um, a lot of speculation on the name Aegon, put it that way. If you haven't watched the most recent House of Dragons, which I think was episode 8, episode 9 literally airs tomorrow night, so you're six days late, so spoiler alert, but if, you haven't, if you're not caught up on House of the Dragon here on October the 15th, probably stop listening after the theme song. But the name Aegon is the source of confusion not only for fans, but it turns out that according to the HBO version of, of uh, Blood, and, Blood and Fire, which are the novels that these, this show is based on by George R. R. Martin. Turns out the name Aegon is confusing even to the Targaryens, who keep naming their kids Aegon. So we're going to get into that right after the theme song. Maybe a couple other updates, too, on some things we've been talking about the past few weeks. But I envision this being a fairly short pod. Uh, before we get into the pod, before we get into the theme song, be sure to visit our friends at Pop Sketch Designs on Instagram, literally at Pop Sketch Designs. Or you can go to the Etsy store, www.etsy.com slash shop slash pop sketch designs. All kinds of t-shirts, hoodies, onesies, designs, pop culture references, music, sports, you name it. It's a fun partnership with uh, Phil Buster Freestyle being involved now with pop sketch designs. So be sure to check them out. Get yourself some gear. Get your loved ones some, some presents for the upcoming holiday season. All right. Here comes the theme song, and then on the other side, let's get to the bottom of this Aegon situation from House the Dragon. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster Watch freestyle. Watch out for the filibuster, filibuster, freestyle, filibuster freestyle, it's the filibuster freestyle, filibuster freestyle. All right, so number one, this is not a Wine, Wall, and Dragons episode. Probably going to file it under that because it happens to be about Westeros and the realm and a George R.R. Martin vehicle. But obviously Dan O'Brien not here. Not going to get him out of bed at 7.30 on a Sunday, sorry, Saturday morning to talk about Aegon lineage type stuff. I think it saved Dan for the more broad brushstrokes of what the heck is happening in the show. But as Dan pointed out, on our most recent version of Wine, Wall, and Dragons, the first in like three years, I happen to read the books. I'm happening to hold a giant coffee table book called The World of Fire and Ice, and it literally has the lineage and family trees of not only the Starks and the Lannisters, but definitely the Targaryens, definitely going all the way back beyond Aegon the Conqueror to his parents, Arian, Arian Targaryen, rhymes, and Valena Valerian. So the Valerians and the Targaryens, the two remaining houses that survived the doom of Valeria, we even know their names, thanks to this book. But Aegon the Conqueror is the number one stunner, the first person to ever, the first Targaryen to conquer Westeros and eventually sit the Iron Throne. So again, this is not a wine wall and dragon, that's why Dan O'Brien is not here. This is more of a family tree explanation uh, trying to do it our way, right? And again, people have done this, but if you haven't done any House of the Dragon pod recaps from last week's episode, we're here to help. 
So Aegon the Conqueror is the original owner of the dagger that was used a couple weeks ago on the show. Uh, it's the dagger that that King Viserys keeps on his you know on his belt pouch at all times. It has the Valerian script about the Song of Fire and Ice, and then basically, essentially, basically, it says the Night's King is going to come hundreds of years later, and a Targaryen is going to need to be involved to save the realm. And what we learn, obviously, spoiler alert, but Jon Snow is that Targaryen. Daenerys Targaryen is that Targaryen. But Jon Snow is, because, you know, he is the beginning of Game of Thrones, thought to be uh, some randos son with Ned Stark, and it turns out actually it was Ned's, Ned's, Jon Snow is Ned Stark's nephew. Aegon Targaryen, I believe the sixth, is who Jon Snow is. And so when we talk about naming people Aegon, the story starts with Aegon, Aegon has a vision that one day there's going to be a Targaryen that needs to basically stand up to the White, the Night King, um, and the White Walkers. I was going to say the White Walkers, but really the Night King. And then we get into Viserys names his son Aegon. We find out that Aegon II, not a good dude as a teenager. We learned that in Episode Eight. By the end of Episode Eight. Because Viserys is old, and because he's confused about who's in his chambers in the last days of his life, he reaffirms that his daughter Rhaenyra, she needs to be the ruler. She's the one who knows the secret, the real secret, about that someday a Targaryen is going to need to dance the Song of Fire and Ice to kill the Night King. She knows the truth of that. But Alicent Hightower basically makes the classic blunder of thinking that he, Viserys, means his vision is that Aegon, their son, who's a loser, is the prince who was promised. And unfortunately for Alison Hightower, he ain't the prince who was promised. In fact, the prince who was promised ain't coming around for another couple hundred years, Alison. And so we get into Aegon II, who we've met on the show, he's the brother who doesn't wear the eye patch. That's his brother, Amen. Okay, so Amen Targaryen, the second, we know him. We have not yet met, to my knowledge. We actually have. We've met, I think, an infant version of Aegon the Third. Aegon the Third is the son of Daemon, the Rogue Prince, and Rhaenyra who is supposed to be the queen, but obviously we're about to fight a civil war, the Dance of the Dragons, to find out if she will be or won't be. They have a son named Aegon III, also known as Aegon the Unlucky. Then there's an Aegon IV, who is actually the nephew of Aegon III. So Aegon III's brother, Viserys II, these people just love using the same names, which is cool. People do that. I'm a junior. One of the reasons I'm doing this show today is I get it. Like, I lived in a house where my dad and I had the same name. And yeah, there could be some confusion sometimes, but there was only two of us, and most of us called my father dad, so we could really avoid that. But when you have like six different Aegons and a bunch of Aemons, 
and a bunch of Balerians and Targaryens and all kinds of Aryans. Lasers, tasers, and all kinds of azers, to use a phrase from Dodgeball, the movie. Yeah, you're going to get confused. But so Aegon IV is actually uh, Aegon III's nephew. Aegon IV is called Aegon the Unworthy. So, you know, Aegon II seems like he's the unworthy. Apparently not. Aegon III is called the unlucky. Aegon IV is called the unworthy. And then Aegon V is Aegon the unlikely. So number one, I'm just putting together, we got the unlucky, the unworthy, and the unlikely. But Aegon V is basically the fifth child. The fifth child in the lineage, and that's why he's the unlikely, because he had four siblings that for one reason or another couldn't be king. Aegon the unlikely actually was a really good king. Though his son, Jaehaerys II, gave birth to Aerys II. Aerys II is the mad king. Aerys II is Daenerys Targaryen's father. And um, Jon Snow's grandfather. But the bottom line is, Alison Hightower got the wrong Aegon because it's really, really easy to get the wrong Aegon. But you got to take it with a grain of salt when you're talking to your husband who's on his deathbed and probably isn't dealing with a full deck of cards. So if we rank these, if we rank these Aegons, and we don't know them all yet, but I read the books, and also with the nicknames I gave you, I think we can go with that, right? So you've got Aegon the Conqueror, Aegon the Second, who's a loser, Aegon the Third, who's the unlucky, Aegon the Fourth, who's the unworthy, Aegon the Fifth, who's the unlikely, and Jon Snow, Aegon the Sixth. I gotta give the number one nod to the number one Aegon. Because number one, he's the first. Number two, he conquered Westeros, became the first of the Targaryen kings, etc. United the Seven Kingdoms, which no one's ever done before. And according to this HBO show, he promised that Jon Snow was a coming. And he had been telling his lineage to tell their lineage, hey, top secret information here, but this dagger is important. And P.S., that dagger did kill the Night King. Our girl Arya Stark did that. So got to give Aegon the Conqueror, the number one spot, which was never a question. Number two, you got to go Jon Snow. Now that we know he's an Aegon, now that we know he's Aegon VI, now that we know he was the prince who was promised, now that we know how it ended, I get it. He had to kill his aunt. Daenerys Targaryen, at least in the HBO version of Game of Thrones, because HBO mailed in the last two seasons. Let's see if George Martin ever finishes his actual book series, Song of Fire and Ice, because my guess is maybe there's either more reason for him to have done that to Daenerys, or it doesn't happen at all, potentially. And so let's give Jon Snow the benefit of the doubt of what happened in HBO lore. He was the prince who was promised, he delivered on his promise, and Daenerys was starting to lose it. Though we all love Daenerys, and that was kind of crummy. And again, I blame HBO for all of this. But i got to go Jon Snow number two. All right. Then you have Aegon the Unlikely. Aegon the Unlikely, he's the fifth Aegon in the line. He's got to be number three on the list because the other ones aren't great, right? So you got the Conqueror. you got Jon Snow. you got the Unlikely, who did a really good job despite no one ever thinking he'd be king as a fifth child. And then there's a clear drop-off, right? Number four, 
I mean, you got a guy called the unlucky. Let's go with him. He probably didn't either. Things didn't work out for him, and it wasn't his fault, or uh, he, you know, whatever. He took a bad spill. I don't know what happened to him. We're going to find out. But let's go with the unlucky nickname being like maybe it wasn't his fault that he's the fourth best Aegon. I guess the loser Aegon we know now, who doesn't seem like a very good guy, by virtue of the fact that the final Aegon is called the Aegon the Unworthy, will give the guy with no nickname kind of the fifth place spot. And then the guy we haven't met yet who's called Aegon the Unworthy. I mean, these are pretty unseemly people overall in terms of some of their practices. And I don't just mean the Targaryens. I mean Westeros. They're fictitious. They're fictitious characters. We can say that they're terrible people. And we can also like them at the same time. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to go with the guy that they they deemed, the realm deemed, the unworthy. Because, listen, if you're unworthy compared to the guy who's not a good guy that we've met, Aegon II, well, all right, we're putting you, we're putting you in last place. Because you're last, your nickname's unworthy. So, like, boom, you did it for yourself. So, thankfully for Aegon II, he gets bailed out by Aegon IV. By virtue of nicknames. There you go. But frankly, Aegon II doesn't even have a nickname. And that tells you everything you need to know about Aegon II, which goes back to my point. Alice at Hightower, you willfully wanted to believe that despite all public appearances, the final public appearance by Viserys, your husband, coming into the, coming into the throne room hot, with a mask over his face, which is now deformed, with a cane, with his crown falling off his head because he, he's so bent over and so sickly that you thought that he summed up all his last energy to publicly once again defend Rhaenyra's claim to the throne and then in a fever dream told you the real truth that Aegon, your son, the loser, not even your best son, Alicent. He's not even your best son. And if this wasn't a hushed tone podcast, I wouldn't have to be yelling in my whisper voice. I could yell, yell in real life, man. And I'm not mad. I'm just like, he's not even your best son. The eye patch guy, Eamon, he's a better son. He just, like, as a boy, stole a dragon from the Valerians, right? Like, he he's clearly got more moxie than Aegon, your son. So Aegon is not who Jaehaerys was promising. And now we're going to start a civil war over it. And what people were up in arms about this week, or I guess ironically so, is, wow, we're going to start a civil war over a mistake of like, did you mean Aegon, the great-great-grandfather? Did you mean Aegon, our son? Do you mean Aegon six generations from now? And the answer was, we don't mean your son. I think I've gone on long enough. I was going to do a couple hot takes and some sports things and things like that. I'm going to save them all because honestly, they're all kind of evergreen anyway. But we're coming into the foam of the home stretch here. The foam stretch, if you will. But no, it's the home stretch. Of House of the Dragon season one, I've heard George R.R. R. Martin quoted that we're going to need four seasons of ten episodes each to properly tell this story, and hopefully he means properly, properly, not properly, and then mail it in HBO style, like Game of Thrones. I think that's probably the case. Um, but I think we're through the time jumps, and we're having good times, and that's what matters. So, filibuster freestyle, thanks for listening. Choose your own favorite Aegon, but you know what? Spoiler alert, it's not the Aegon that Alice and Hightower just chose. Definitely not that guy. Thanks for listening.